0: Um, let 's stand and we 'll read boy i don 't know it 's going to take a while to read the whole thing but but um, you 'll be ready to sit down after I finish, right so psalm eighteen i'll i 'll read since you you have your Bibles and you can kind of follow along. I might read a little faster than I normally do because we have 50 verses, right? All right. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, So shall I be saved from mine enemies. The sorrows of death compassed me, and the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him, even into his ears. Then the earth shook. And trembled. The foundations also of the hills moved and were shaken because he was wroth. There went up a smoke out of his nostrils, and fire out of his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also, and came down, and darkness was under his feet. He rode upon a cherub, and did fly. Yea, he did fly upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his secret place. His pavilion round about him were dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. At the brightness that was before him, his thick clouds passed, hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the highest gave his voice, hailstones and coals of fire. Yea, he sent out his arrows and scattered them. He shot out lightnings and discomfited them. Then the channels of waters were seen, and the foundations of the world were discovered at thy rebuke. O Lord, at the blast of the breath of thy nostrils, he sent from above, he took me, he drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them which hated me, for they were too strong for me. They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands, hath he recompensed me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me, and I did not put away his statutes from me. I was also upright before him, and I kept myself from mine iniquity. Therefore hath the Lord recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. With the merciful thou wilt show thyself merciful, with an upright man thou wilt show thyself upright. We're halfway through. With the pure thou wilt show thyself pure, and with the froward thou wilt show thyself froward, for thou wilt save the afflicted people, but wilt bring down high looks, For thou wilt light my candle, for the Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. For by thee I have run through a troop, and by my God I have leaped over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in him. For who is God save the Lord? Or who is a rock save our God? It is God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. He maketh my feet like hinds' feet, and setteth me upon my high places. He teacheth my hands to war, so that a bow of steel is broken by mine arms. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation, and thy right hand hath holden me up, and thy gentleness hath made me great. Thou hast enlarged my steps under me, that my feet did not slip. I have pursued mine enemies and overtaken them. Neither did I turn again till they were consumed. I have wounded them <clears throat> Excuse me, that were not able to rise. They are fallen under my feet. For thou hast girded me with strength unto the battle. Thou hast subdued under me those that rose up against me. Thou hast also given me the necks of mine enemies that I might destroy them that hate me. They cried, but there was none to save them, even unto the Lord, but he answered them not. Then did I beat them small as the dust before the wind. I did cast them out as the dirt in the streets. Thou hast delivered me from the strivings of the people, and thou hast made me the head of the heathen. A people whom I have not known shall serve me. "'As soon as they hear of me, they shall obey me. "'The strangers, they shall submit themselves unto me. "'The strangers shall fade away "'and be afraid out of their close places. "'The Lord liveth, and blessed be my rock, "'and let the God of my salvation be exalted.'" It is God that avengeth me and subdueth the people under me. He delivereth me from mine enemies. Yea, thou liftest me up above those that rise up against me. Thou hast delivered me from the violent man. Therefore will I give thanks unto thee, O Lord, among the heathen, and sing praises unto thy name. Great deliverance giveth he to his king, and showeth mercy to his anointed, to David, and to his seed forevermore. I don't know that I'll do that when we come to Psalm 119. We may just take those eight verses at a time. Yeah. So that was a lot to read. So the fourth longest psalm in the book of Psalms. We just read that was the fourth longest. I didn't read the uh, superscription that's given here, but it is to the chief musician, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who spake unto the Lord the words of this song. you think some of the songs we sing are long. I mean, 50 verses, that's a lot of words. He spake the words of this song in the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies, and that he makes a special mention here from the hand of Saul. So, in the day that he delivered him from all of his enemies, and from the hand of Saul. Well, let's go... To the Lord in prayer. Uh, Brother JT, would you pray for us? That we might see you in your poor goal, that we might, Lord, bow before that go. Lord, we ask now in your blessing upon our pastor yes. this morning as he prayed your word. Lord, give him freedom of speech. Lord, give him those things that are needful for us that we might grow in grace and in knowledge. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for the liberty we have to come here. Amen. See, seated. <clears throat> so now I've got to try to slow down. I didn't go as fast as I could have gone, but I would have tripped over myself, Danny, probably my tongue if I tried to go much faster. But now that I'm getting to the time to preach, I need to try to slow down a little bit. Brother Wiseman used to be my chief complainer at, at speaking too fast. He'd have trouble hearing so I don't, I don't want anybody to have trouble hearing, certainly not because of me. A pastor friend of mine, and you may have seen it on, if you've been on the sermon audio, our sermon audio page, has anybody been on our page recently and saw the, the uh, Psalm 18 that, that Lydia had uploaded by Dr. Roy Cook? You remember Brother Roy Cook, don't you? Brother Cook didn't speak fast. He, he spoke slower but um, yes the heading or the title of the psalm that he gave it was this David looks back that's you know me I tend to give titles from the text but if I was going to give one that wasn't in a verse that I was dealing with that'd be a good one David <laughs> looks back. Because really, that's what, if you read the the superscription there, that's what David's doing, isn't he? It was a song that he wrote upon the Lord, delivering him from all of his enemies and from the hand of Saul. So this is something that David's writing after the fact. In fact, you find pretty much word for word, there are some differences, but pretty much word for word, you find this um, again, and it's in... um, Drawing a blank now, I to have to go to my notes. It was, I think, it's Second Samuel twenty-two, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Second Samuel twenty-two records these same words that we have here in Psalm eighteen. There's something of note whenever you look at where you find that being written again in Scripture. It's after the death of Saul. That's in the preceding chapter, right? So in chapter 21, we find the death of Saul. In chapter 22, David sings this song, you know, again, and as we read here in Psalm 18, we see from the hand of all of his enemies and from the hand, you know, of Saul. So we see something uh, of that somewhere else, you know, in Scripture other than just here in Psalm 18. So it's a song that's sung more than than once, you know, there in, the, in Scripture. So you, you, as I read that there, and I see that David says that he sung this, or the words of this song he wrote, you know, was the day the Lord delivered him from the hand of all those enemies. And then, like I said before, there's this special mention. I don't. What is that, Danny? Um, I, I know they'll have an award ceremony for football, and I'm trying to remember what club puts that on. What is it? The what? Yeah, there's a, and when I was, who was it? The Booster Club. Yeah. And there would be, you know, there'd be all these mentions, and there'd be an honorable mention, you know. Uh, well, here, David gives a specific mention to Saul, right? I mean, this was, so when you think about that, what what comes to mind, for me, it's this. That was a particular trouble. Out of all the troubles, I mean, here's all these troubles for all of his enemies. And then there's the mention, you know, from the hand of Saul. And I know in my life, I'm sure in your life it's the same. If I think back about past troubles, there's a particular one that rises to the top. there's, There's a one that was more trouble than other ones. Or there was one that was more... You know protracted there was one that was more long and drawn out there was one that was more painful you know there's maybe different things that we could say is the reason why that one rises to the top it's still a part of all of them but this is one that's singular uh in in the midst of them um that we faced in our lives and found the lord to be gracious and and faithful just as david you know does here um A trouble, in other words, that's worthy of mentioning. Uh, A a trouble maybe that that we've used often. Uh, I have found it to be true in my experience, this one particular trouble that I went through. When I've had an opportunity to share it with somebody that I've never even met before. It is incredible to see. uh, At times, there have been people moved to tears. And I'm not talking about people that, that, I, that I particularly knew. These are people that I don't really know that well at all. Um, most of them that have been moved to tears were, were p- those that, who professed faith, you know, in the Lord. Um, but it, it's, it's, it's really rather remarkable because it's been, I don't know how many years now. See, it's a particular trouble in her life, too, that rises to the top. Um, you said 23? It doesn't seem like 23. 23 years ago, uh, but something that happened in my life 23 years ago to recount it to someone and it moved them to tears. That's not my purpose in telling them about it. My, my, my purpose is to exalt the Lord and his goodness and his graciousness and his mercy that he showed, and, and that's the thing, hopefully, that's moved them to tears and not some dramatic way that I'm telling a tale. Um, but here, David found that to be a trouble that was worthy of mentioning individually. You know, he didn't choose the situation with Absalom to mention individually. It's here the situation with Saul that he mentions, you know, individually. And like I said, I'm sure there's there's something that you've gone through that you feel similarly about um, because of the great despair maybe that we were in. You know, during that time, we found ourselves in great need. Um, with David, it was, a, it was a trouble that involved the prospect of the loss of life. You know, they, Saul was trying to kill him. You know, I know in my particular trouble, it involved, you know, the prospect of the loss of life. Um, so that, for me, is the reason why it stands kind of head and shoulders, you know, above, you know, the rest. But in verses 1 through 3, as we look at the, the entirety of the psalm, we find David declaring his love for the Lord. Now, your version of the Scripture may not read exactly like mine, but in the King James, it says this, I will, Cohen. See that word there? I will, right? We've kind of talked about that a little bit in uh, past days about y'all's next you know, study. I will love thee. Uh, I don't know what, the, what is the NASB Say there, yeah. I will love you. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. So we see David declaring his love for the Lord, who is his strength, who is his salvation, in 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 every difficulty, from all of my enemies and from the hand of Saul. He says, in verses four through nineteen, we see David declaring how he was in distress, and the Lord. Indeed, in all these places, showed great mercy in delivering him out of, you know, the hand of his enemy. He says in verses 20 through 28, he talks about, he declares that the Lord is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He's a rewarder of those who are obedient, you know, unto him, who follow at his call. You know, he's, it's, it's that situation and circumstance that Brother J.T. Was, was, was describing to us this morning about us being the apple, you know, of his eye, in a sense. And so because the Lord has delivered David, we see in verses 29 through 42 that David declares God to be his hope for the future. He, my, my, my every reason to hope the Lord's going to deliver me tomorrow is because he delivered me yesterday and the day before and the day before and the day before. Uh, And he will do so all the way into the end, right? So he declares God to be his hope for future victories because God has showed himself faithful in the past. If he will overcome in the future, it's going to be because God's going to deliver him just like he has, in other words, in, in the past. And then in verses 40 through 50, we see David declaring in the remainder of the psalm, uh, God gives deliverance to his king. And certainly we can see some messianic application there, can't we? He gives deliverance to his king and shows loving kindness to his anointed, uh, to David and his descendants forever. So in those verses, we certainly can see a picture, you know, of Christ, you know, David being a type, you know, of Christ. But today, we're we're just going to try to focus on verses one through three. So, as I said, David begins with these words: "I will love you, O Lord. I will love thee, O Lord." Uh, have you ever spoken in terms like that to the Lord? "I will love you, O Lord." You know, we might have said, "Lord, I love you." You know. Lord, I love your word. Lord, I love your people. Um, you know, Lord, I, I, I love the, the hymns of praise that, that we're able to sing. Lord, I love the fellowship. Um, you know, we could say in that way. But, but uh, I will, I mean, there's a declaration that he's making. There's a determination. I will love you, Lord. And it's more than words. So how does David declare his love for the Lord? Well, I think as you get to verses 20 through 28, let's read some of that. Let's go back there. verses 20 through 28. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. Right? According to the cleanness of my hands hath he recompensed me. For I have kept the ways. That even gets a little closer to what what I'm driving at. I have kept the ways of the Lord. In other words, he was obedient. You know, does that describe, you know, us? Obedient. Uh, how How do we show our love for the Lord? Obedience, right, exactly, it's obedience. Listen to what John 14, 23 says. You may know it just by me saying John 14, 23. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. If a man love me, David's saying, I will love thee, O Lord. If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. You know, the word love that's used here is, is a word that, that emphasizes strong favor and tender intimacy um, of David's heart towards God. This isn't just, you know, I believe there's a God. Now this is, I will love thee. This is a declaration that he's making. I will love thee, O Lord. It, it, it made me think about Peter. You remember what Peter said? Though all betray you, I will not. And the Lord told him, you will. You will. Before the cock crows, you're going to deny me three times. Well, we... we we the focus that I'm coming to is in John twenty one fifteen, where when they were sitting down and, and eating, that the Lord says to Peter, he says, Simon Peter, he throws Simon there, you know, in front of Peter. Simon son of Jonas, what did what did Peter say? Though everyone else forsake you, I'll not do it. He asked Peter this question Do you love me? More than these? I mean, you think about these other men. I mean, that, that, that just makes me think about how they were, they were arguing amongst themselves who was the greatest, right? And you imagine the Lord putting Peter on the spot in front of his brethren. Do you love me more than they do? You said that you did. You know, do you love me more than these? Peter says, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, feed my lambs. How many times did Peter deny the Lord? Three. How many times the Lord asked Peter if he loves him? Three. Verse 16, he saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved. I, I don't think Peter was annoyed. I, I, don't, I don't think that captures, you know, what's happening here. Peter was grieved, you know, in his heart. Sincerely. Yeah, sincerely grieved. I mean, what, when you, you, you think about one of the Gospels, when, it's, when it says that Peter denied the Lord the third time, the Lord looked, he, he, was, he was within sight of the Lord, and the Lord looked upon him, and what did Peter do? anybody? He went out and wept bitterly. Yeah. And so here, I think that's coming back, you know, that, that, that bitter weeping, that, that bitter sorrow, um, over having made this boast, you know, I'll not deny you though. Everybody else will, you know, I'm, I'm stronger than the rest. Um, you know, it comes back here. It comes home to roost, you know, so to speak. And, um, Peter's grieved because the Lord said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto them, Lord, thou knowest all things. In other words, it's kind of like last week. You're not going to fool the Lord, right? Psalm 17, you're not going to fool the Lord. Lord, you know whether I love you or not. You know that I love you. And, and the Lord doesn't say in any of that, he doesn't say to Peter, no, you don't love me. You denied me three times. When Peter says, Lord, you know that I love you, the Lord didn't say, I know you don't. So Peter says here, Lord, thou knowest all things, thou knowest that I love thee. And the Lord said, feed my sheep. In other words, how do we show our love to the Lord? We said obedience. What had the Lord called Peter to do? Feed my sheep, feed my sheep. Do what I've called you to do, Peter. Don't don't do like you've done at another time and decide you know this isn't going right. I'm going to go fishing. You know, I've, I've I've taken you away from those fishing nets and made you a fisher of men. You know, so do what I've called you to do. Follow. In other words, in another place it'd be like follow me. You know, follow me. So our love for the Lord is not measured by our comparing ourselves to other. Christians, right? Because the Lord asked him the question in the beginning, lovest thou thou me more than these? You know, you're going to compare yourself, you know? That's not the measure of our love. The measure of our love towards the Lord is in our obedience, you know? I can always find somebody that I can say, well, I'm better than that person, you know? There's always someone. Um, I guess maybe that it gets down to the point where that person can't, but but I'm sure that person even thinks that he, you know, is better than somebody else. But, but um, it's not by comparing ourselves to other disciples around us. It is found in our loving and following after him, seeking to do all that we do for his glory. Loving the Lord with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. And right there we can go ahead and make comparison to ourselves and Peter because none of us, Love the Lord with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. Uh, We fall short. We know we do. And Peter fell short. But do we love the Lord? And there's a man that came to R.C. Sproul once and he was having trouble with a lack of assurance. And so R.C. asked him, Do you love the Lord? You know, with all of your heart? And the man was like, no. And he just takes him down this path and he finally gets to the end and he says, Do you love the Lord at all? And the man said, Yes. And he said, Then you have reason to hope that you belong unto him. If you love him at all, you know, um, you're not at enmity with him. You love him. You know, do you fall short? Yes. You know, do we fall short every day? Yes. It's not our aim, it's not our goal. I mean, we're 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 trying to hit the target every day, but we fall short. Oftentimes, we fall short. Peter fell short, and he went out and he wept bitterly. But what was there was repentance when we fall short. I mean, we're we're desiring to obey. So when we fall short, what do we do? We repent, Lord. I'm I, I'm sorry. I, I fell short today. Um, you know, I, I let this or that get the better of me. Uh, I said this or that, and I shouldn't have said it. I thought this or that, and I shouldn't have thought it. Um, you know, and I don't want to think that anymore. I want to repent of that, turn from that. I want, to fought, I, don't want, I want to have victory in that area of my life that, Father, you've allowed me to see that I need I need some real help here. I need some real help here. If we confess our sins, right, First John 1, 9, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So you think about this love. We've already said obedience, right? What about this? You know, John 13, 35, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples, if you have love for one another. So we love the Lord. How do we know that we love the Lord if we love his people? If we love his people? If you love his people... You love his word, you love to obey him, you love the Lord. You know, there's there's evidence there that there's been, you know, work of grace done, you know, in your life. First John three, fourteen through twenty four says this we know that we've passed from death unto life. That's that's quite a statement, isn't it? Passed from death unto life. We know that we've passed from death and life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whoso hateth his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in in him. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. I mean, apply that last part to Peter. He was grieved. His heart was condemning him. But God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things, and that was Peter's confession. Lord, you know whether I love you or not. You know whether I love you or not. Beloved, if our heart condemns us, then we have confidence. If our heart condemns us not, then we have confidence toward God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing. Right there, right? This is connected to the love of God, loving the brethren, and obedience, and this is the commandment, that we should believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as He gave us commandment. And that He that keepeth His commandments dwelleth in Him, and He in Him, and hereby we know that He abideth in us by the Spirit which He has given us. But if I were to go back up in those verses that I read to you, and we saw the point, you know, where we have loving the brethren is loving the Lord. We saw the point where obedience is loving the Lord, showing our love towards the Lord, laying down our lives for the brethren, but, you know, is on one side, but then on the other side, but whoso hath this world's good, and seeth this brother have need, <clears throat> and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him, in that you've done it to the least of these, my brethren. I'm connecting some dots here, right? You've done it unto me. So, loving the body is loving the Lord. Because like Brother JT said this morning, it's his body. Right? It's his body. So, this is somewhat of what we could say when we see what David says in verse number 1 when he says, I will love thee, O Lord. Now, let's go to the will part. Cohen. If we will, if We do, why will we? Why do we? Why do you love the Lord? Why will you love the Lord? If I would love the Lord with all my heart, with all of my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength, why do I? Did I just get up one day and decide, I'm going to love the Lord? Well, let me tell you, if that's where you're coming from, tomorrow you may decide, I don't love the Lord. Right? If it's your will, and you've decided on your own, then you may undecide, you know, tomorrow. How is it, or how has it become so, that I, who was content to live and dwell in my sin, to drink in iniquity like water, and was content to have it so, how is it that I now am no longer content with sin? I no longer want to dwell therein. No, I don't want to sin that grace may abound. I don't want to sin anymore at all. I want to be done with sin completely and together altogether. How is it that I who had no desire for Him, had no love for Him, now my heart's given unto Him? And I have all my desire, you know, is towards Him. Delight yourself in the Lord, right? Remember that verse? And He shall give you the desires of your heart. So, well, we can go to places like Ezekiel 11, can't we? Verses 18 and 19. And they shall come thither... And they shall take away all the detestable things thereof. You know, the things that I once delighted in, I no longer delight in. You know, even even Paul, as Saul of Tarsus, you know, he said all those things I count loss that I might win Christ. But he said all the detestable things, detestable in whose sight? Well, certainly detestable in God's sight, but now detestable in my sight because of what's been done in me. And all the abominations thereof from thence. And he says, I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within you. Are, are you, you catching on yet? I will. God says, I will. Well, what God does, is that going to be undone? Until the day of Jesus Christ. He says, I will give them one heart. I will. Put a new spirit within you, and I will take out the stony heart of their flesh, and I will give them a heart of flesh. Now this is something that God does. This is something that God has begun. Exactly. I but why does he? Well, how can he say I will? Because God said I will because God has done that within David and what God has done within David is not going to be undone all those father that you've given me I've kept save one the son of perdition right none can pluck them out of my father's hand my father is greater than I you know so we will because he said I will One day he said, I will that Cohen would have a new heart. One day God said, I will that Cohen would belong unto me. One day God's and I know we're saying one day in the sense that we understand it. But if we look at Scripture, it was before the foundation of the earth, right? From before time existed. (laughs) No, because he doesn't learn anything. He doesn't come to an understanding of anything. It's always been. That's beyond our comprehension. you know. But that is God saying, I will. And that's the difference between God saying I will and me saying I will. Because if I do it in my own strength, I can fail. I will fail. But in the strength that he gives and the thing that God has done, I will. I will. If, 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 Peter had said in that day, "Lord, I don't want to deny you. Uh, I don't. I don't ever want to come to that place. If there's any way that, that cup can pass from me, I, I heard you praying that prayer, Father. It be possible, let this cup pass from me. Father, it be possible that, that cup pass from me. If you would give me the strength to be able to stand, then I would die with you. If, if that were, if that were needful." But Lord, if it's possible, I, I, I would I would not do that. Uh, I, I would I would want to profess your name amongst those men around that fire and in front of that maid. And then those three times that he denied the Lord, that he would that he would confess the Lord and profess the Lord. Right? Um, that would have been the more humble stance than the proud stance that he took and he failed. So. We love the Lord and we will love the Lord because the Lord has willed, uh, has changed us uh, and given us a new heart, right? So, I mean, when you think about that, Brother Bruce, it's really nothing short of God saying, let there be light. And there was light. The Lord said, live, right? Uh, so it's nothing short of that really but we we know other places we we love him why because he first loved us if he hadn't loved us first we never would have loved him we never would have loved him so think about this if we really really dwell in that love i will love thee O lord if we really live there Okay. If we really dwell there, then 1 John 4:18 and 19 says this, there is no fear in love. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out all fear. It casts out fear. Imagine that. Here's this thing that comes upon us and we're afraid of it. And we can cast out fear because of the love that God has for us and the love that we have for Him. And when I say because of the love we have for Him, it's, it's on this side of, of that, let's go back to the cup. Father, it's possible let this cup pass, but nevertheless, there's this love that we have for Him and the love that we know He has for us. If it's not possible, if it's needful, that we have to drink of that cup Then we know it's for our good. And our Father's in complete and utter control of that. And on the other side of things, you know, nevertheless, not as I will, right? But as thou wilt. Your will be done in my life. If this is needful, if this is necessary, if this is if this is profitable, if this is going to be fruitful, if this is going to bring you glory, then nevertheless, not my will but thine be done. Perfect love casts out all fear, right? Because fear has torment. You know, how are we going to be tormented in this place of love that we we dwell in, in his presence? And yet I know that we are at times. You know, we are. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. I can say, I have feared things. And that love wasn't perfect on my part. Not on God's part, his part's perfect, right, but on my part, not perfect, because I allowed fear to dominate my thoughts instead of casting out fear and dwelling upon the fact that God is in complete control of everything that's happening here, and he has a purpose in it and i've 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 taken my request and i've made it known before the Lord that I would like for this thing to pass I'd like not to go through it, but if Lord, you've purposed this for my sanctification to my good, then, then strengthen me, help me to stand, you know, in that day. But we love him. That's where that verse is found, you know, perfect love casting out fear. We love him because he first loved us. That's 1 John four nineteen. The child of God knows the Father's love for him. Isn't that a wonderful picture of our relationship, you know, with With God is he is our father and we are his child that love being shed abroad in our hearts is the only reason why we know anything about the love of God the only reason why we can show anything of the love of God towards other people where would we be in the troubles that we face in this life without him You know, David's making this declaration of the Lord being his strength, the Lord being a rock, the Lord being his shield, and and, and all these things that we see mentioned in in verse number 2. I mean, think about David having been anointed king, and yet he's being pursued through the wilderness, and Saul is seeking his life, you know? He's not yet ascended to the throne. Instead of everything... um, It all seemed to be going against him, didn't it? Here was this thing that Samuel had done, anointing him king, uh, but it hadn't hadn't come to pass yet. Someone's trying to put him to death, but instead of focusing on Saul, it seems as David's saying here, I'll love the Lord. I'll love the Lord's will. I'll love the Lord's purpose. I'll love the Lord's design. I'll love what the Lord's doing at this time in my life. Lord, I will love Thee. During all these times, I will love thee. When we think about that idea of fear, I, I often, whenever my children have gone through things, and boy, I need to be reminded of this you know, myself, but I've reminded them of Second Timothy 1.7. As a child of God, listen, God has not given us a spirit of fear, right? That's not the spirit that God's given unto us. I mean, how many times does the Lord look at the disciples and say, why are you so fearful? You know, oh, you have little faith. You know, Um, God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, not my power, God's power. He's given us a spirit of love, this love that he has towards us. What can separate us from the love of God? Right? I mean, Lord, have you forgotten me? Lord, you know, here I am. You know, this this situation. I just kind of feel like I'm I'm, I'm flapping out here in the breeze and you know dwindling away here. Um, I I can't see you. Well, there's back to the feelings again, right, Cohen? What does God's word say? I'll never leave you, nor forsake you. I love you with what kind of love? Everlasting, right? I, I like when you when you answer those things he's loved us with an everlasting love and I don't you know we begin to comprehend that in one sense uh, we know something of it because God's shown it unto us but, but um, he didn't just kick Peter to the curb when, when Peter denied him three times you know um, but he's not given us a spirit of fear but of love, of, of power rather of love and those two things the power of God the love of God what's the next thing that comes in that verse Sound mind, right? That ought to give you a sound mind. That ought to quiet and quell and cause you to be able to cast out all fear, right? Because of God's power, because of God's love, giving unto us a sound mind. A sound mind. More sound than you see people's wills, right? I being of sound mind, buddy. You know, this is a sound mind. This is the peace that passes understanding. Don't you think you think there's a connection you know there we 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 cast our cares upon him because he cares you know for us um you know so we can put some of those things you know here in that place, but the things that we face in this life, the things that we are called to go through are not necessarily the things that we would choose for ourselves, are they i mean. And one one preacher used to say, "It's a good thing that the headlights don't shine all the way home. You, know, you can't see what's around the corner, because there's some things coming that you'd have, you know, a lot more time to think about, a lot more time to fret over, you know, before they ever got here. You know, let those things take care of themselves. Focus on here and now. You know, there's enough trouble for you to think about right now, not to have to worry about those things. Um, yeah, yeah. So." They, they wouldn't be things that we would choose except that we know that God's intended them for our good. And that's why we could say, nevertheless, not my will, but thine, you know, be done. But we've not been given a spirit of pure fear. We've been given one of power, one of God's love uh, that he has towards us. And that should, as we said, produce. That ought to produce. That ought to allow us to live in a place of peace, not in turmoil but in peace and rest, a sound mind. Because fear, we read earlier, what comes along with it? Torment. That's not a sound mind. That's being tormented. Uh, But here, we're given a sound mind, trusting in, hoping in, waiting upon, looking unto the Lord, as David does here. Fear is a great thing, but God's greater than fear. Right? Fear is a tremendous foe. But God's greater than our fear. God's greater. We ought to take these things say, Lord, I'm afraid. I don't want to be afraid. Lord, I'm troubled. I don't want to be troubled. Lord, I'm worried about this set of circumstances. I don't want to be worried. I want to dwell in this place of love, of your power, and have a sound mind. I want to dwell there. So, we love the Lord. Apart from the work of God in us, we would be those who love not God, but the world. Uh, and the things that are in the world, right? 1 John 2, 15-17, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loved the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Now, Danny's goal on the football field may be a touchdown. But Danny's goal in life better be Christ. Yes, if it is in his life altogether, it will be, you know, there too. Um, but there's a lot of guys that play on the football field with him, on the team with him, that their, their goal is not that, to love the Lord with all their heart, their soul, their mind, their strength. They're, they're loving praise. They're loving accolades. They're loving the praise of men. Uh, they're loving the praise of the coach. They're loving the, the cheer of the crowd. Um, that's what they're after. And what does the Lord say? If that is what you desire, then you have your reward. That's all you're going to have. You're going to have things in this life. You're not going to have anything in life to come. But David resolves by the grace of God to depend upon God, whatever enemies that he may have to deal with, whatever they may be, whatever he's called to encounter, He resolves to love the Lord, to have that sound mind, to be at peace. Um, Again, the thorn in the flesh, right? Paul besought the Lord that it might be removed. How many times? Three times. We mentioned this last week. And the Lord says, my grace is sufficient for you. And so what does Paul do? We said last week, he gloried rather in his infirmity. Lord, if this is necessary, then so be it. Lord, if this is needful, your will be done instead of, instead of mine. Mine would be to be rid of this. Uh, I've, I've, I've petitioned you three times that it might be removed. But if it's not best for me that it be removed, then um, I'll glory in that it remains, um, that I continue in it. So in the end, because this is what God has done within us, We could say this about it. It is an unconquerable love. What shall separate you from the love of Christ? It is an unconquerable love. No matter what may happen in your life from here on, it is an unconquerable love because it is the love of God. It is an unconquerable love because it is what God has done. It is an unconquerable love. And so David can say, I've been through all these things. I mean, all these enemies and the hand of Saul, whatever lies between me and heaven, I, I'm, I'm going to love you, Lord. It's an unconquerable love. I have nowhere else to go. You remember those people who, who, who left after the Lord said some hard things and the Lord turns to the disciples and he says, will you also go away? A work had been done in those men, Right? And they said, where can we go? It's an unconquerable love. Where else can we go? Who else can we turn to, Lord? Where else can we go? So David says, I will love you, Lord, so that in the day of his distress, he would fly to God. He would fly to God. What do we do most of the time? I know in my mind, Most of the time, how my mind copes with things whenever they happen is, well, at least it's not that. It could be worse, you know. A lot of times our minds do that when what we ought to be doing is going directly to the Lord and not trying to comfort ourselves that it could be worse. No, it is what it is. It's what the Lord's allowed to happen at this time. Go directly to Him. You know, look unto the Lord um, that we might have that sound Mind. Listen, I love this passage in Habakkuk chapter 3. You're thinking about things that could happen. These are some pretty dire circumstances that Habakkuk describes that could be. He says in verse number 17, although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines, the labor of the olives fail, the fields yield no meat, the flock cut off from the fold, no herd in the stalls that's pretty bleak um I, I, I think you know oftentimes i mean we've got pantries that have food on the shelf refrigerators that probably have leftovers that we've gotten tired of that may some of them may get tossed out by the end of the week i don't know i know what happens in our house um, the dog gets some of those things it's like wow you know i got some of those size of dog food but but uh, we've got a cat that won't get cat food and not, not dry cat food anyway. And we tried in the beginning. We were talking about that yesterday. We would put it, you know, in a bowl with other things, trying to get it to eat the dry cat food, you know. And it would take one claw, pick it out, Just toss it away, toss it to the side. But any time scraps came out, all over that, right, straight from the house. Um, yet I will rejoice in the Lord, he says. This is pretty dire circumstances. He says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. We don't know much about what Habakkuk's describing there. I mean, it's like you turn here and there's nothing. You turn there and there's nothing. You're almost like the widow woman, you know, who had these, I forget how many sticks it was, but she's got these sticks, and she's got this little bit of oil, and she's got this little bit of flour, and she's about to cook her last meal, as far as she's concerned. Um We don't know much about that, but even in those circumstances, look what he says. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. This This is territory where David's at in these first three verses. The Lord God is my strength, and he will make my hinds feet. Didn't we read that in Psalm 18? We read that, didn't we? He will make my feet like hinds feet, and he will make me to walk upon my high places. So here David's, this is what David's saying when he's saying Lord I will love you I will love you in this set of circumstances I will love you in that set of circumstances I will love you in things that I would have not chosen you know for myself things that have come upon me that I would be like how am I going to even make it through this you know that on one hand well the Lord's going to carry you through it's it's here what Habakkuk saying Even so, yet I will rejoice in the Lord, though there is no blossom upon the fig tree, though there is no fruit in the vine, though the olives, you know, have failed to bloom and and, and yield, and the fields yield any meat, and the flock cut off from the fold, there's no herd in the stall. I mean, that was a different day. You know, there's not a corner store. There, there, there's, there's not plenty of groceries upon the shelf and money in your pocket to be able to just run down there and get whatever you want. I think I want some ice cream. You know, and go down to the store and get some ice cream. And that wasn't a reality. You know, for the, the, if it wasn't on the property, you know, or the neighbor's property, if all that's failed, what are you going to do? Uh, you know, what are you going to do? He says, "Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Yet I will love the Lord." This is what David's talking about. We've got to remember what Brother J.T. was talking to us about. I didn't know what he was going to be preaching on this morning. I called out that hymn, and it had those words in it, you know, about the apple of his eye. And we talked about it last week. We've got to remember that we are. We are the apple of his eye. Um, David declares that the Lord is our rock, our fortress, our deliverer. I'm wondering if I'll make it through the first three verses. <laughs> Um. all these things ought to point us to the Lord right? He's our strength he's our shield, he's our hope he's our deliverer this is what David's saying unto us I mean think about him in, in the words that he's using to describe his circumstances, I mean they are scenes straight out of the wilderness where he was I mean Rocks in high places, um, you know, shields. I mean, there are things that he's being pursued by Saul, you know, out there in the wilderness. He's a rock to those who trust in him. A rock's a solid foundation. You know, Steve, there's still an old log uh, corn crib on the property that there's great big rocks that were set there for a foundation stone. They haven't moved. The timbers have rotted and the buildings moved, but the foundation's still, you know, there. Um, you know, that's a, a rock's a solid foundation, especially when we're talking about it not being just any rock, but the rock that Brother J.T. was talking to us about being the Lord himself. And being built upon that rock, the house stood firm when the winds blew and the rains came, Right? The house built upon the rock stood firm. I shall not, chapter 17, be moved, right? I shall not be moved. I will love the Lord. I will not be moved by these things. I'll not be moved by fear. I'll not be moved by doubt. I'll not be moved by unbelief. And even if I do give in to some of those things, for whatever length of time that I do, I'm still not... Though, though my mind may and my thoughts and my emotions and affections may be moved by those that I tremble because of them, God's not moved. And I'm still right there. Still right there. I shall not be moved. I will love the Lord. I will not be moved by fear. I will be firmly anchored in him. He's really our only defense. He's our only defense. I mean, you step. David steps on the battlefield with Goliath. Saul says, "Here, take my armor." No, I'm going to step out there in the only defense that I know. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my help. The Lord is my deliverance. Uh, I'll step out in the things that the Lord has shown and proven and tested, and that that He's been faithful. You know. He tells Goliath, I've come in the name of the Lord against you. Um, he picked up one smooth Yep. Yeah. That's all it took. That's all it took. He is a fortress, our place of refuge, David describes in verse number two. Um, I remember being in, I was in a, a, a church service. I'd been asked to preach somewhere, and one of the young men... Um, I guess, in, in where they were, there was, they had a lot of young children. And so before the main service, they would have all the children come up to the front. And one of the young men in the midst of the whole congregation would speak, you know, to the children. Um, and this was his his verse. It was Proverbs 18.10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. And there's safety. There's security. Uh, this is a high tower. This is a fortress. He's the only place that we need to seek refuge. We need to seek none other when things war against our souls. He is our deliverer. He's delivered us from the penalty of our sins and from the power of sin. Um, He'll deliver us from anything and everything that comes against us that we will face. So He's our rock, our fortress, our deliverer in whom we trust. He's he's the sovereign and supreme ruler of all that concerns us. We need not fear anything, really. We need not fear anything. So David declares these things that the Lord is for him and to him. Um, A buckler, he says. You know what that is? That's a shield, right? That's a shield. So we take refuge and hide ourselves. It's like under the shadow of his wings. You know, we hide ourselves, uh, quenching all the fiery darts of the wicked one, uh, the shield of faith that we take up. He's the horn of our salvation. So out in front, the Lord's going, gone before us. We're following after him. So the horn of our salvation out in front, clearing the way, clearing the way, pushing the enemy out of the way, I'm not going to be able to push Satan around, right? I mean, Brother JT's got those cows, and they'll push on each other, shove each other out of the way. You know, the Lord's the horn of our salvation. There's, there's strength, you know. There, uh, He goes forth. Um, he's our high tower, sanctuary. Uh, we we're able to to take refuge in Him and look down upon those things that oppose, you know, us. Now, these are the images that David uses here, really in one way to ask us, why are you troubled, Christian? Why do you fear? Look what the Lord's delivered me from. He's the same unto you. He'll be the same for you. He's our rock. So David found all sufficient protection in God, and he resolves in verse number three, he says, I will call upon the Lord. He's shown himself faithful. I'll call upon the Lord. I'll call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. I ran across this quote Spurgeon had in uh, the treasury of David that was written on the Psalms. He says, no fearing or doubting with Christ on our side. We hope to die shouting, the Lord will provide. I don't know if that was in... I didn't read what was in the little book this week. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's places that we see in Scripture like with Daniel and, and Daniel with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The Lord will deliver me. You know, know this, O king, we're not going to bow down and worship this, alt, this, this idol that you've set up. The Lord may not deliver us from the fire, but he will deliver us. The Lord will deliver us. Be it known unto thee, O King, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. He says, If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand. Uh, One preacher said he loved the the words in Scripture, and it came to pass. It came to pass. And all these things, they've come, they're going to pass. Eventually. Some last longer than others, but they've come to pass. They've come to pass. They'll pass away out of sight, out of view. You know, they'll be like a dream. You know, uh, I remember how hard and difficult that thing was. Maybe that one thing we talked about, the rise to the surface. But you'll come out the other side and you'll be the better for it. Um, Even, you know, Brother Wiseman talking about going to have a surgery and worrying about whether or not, you know, he might die on the operating table. Well, if we do, we're just going to awaken, you know, there in his presence, right? So the Lord will deliver us. He will deliver us. Well, I'll just read this one verse, and I'll close. Deuteronomy 32, 4. David talking about God being a rock. You know, who, who's a God like our God? You know, um, Who's a rock you know, like this God? He is the rock, Deuteronomy 32.4 says. His work is perfect. His work is perfect. For all his ways are judgment, a God of truth and without iniquity. Just and right is he. How could we not love him? How could we not say with David, Lord, I will love you uh, in all of these things. I'll trust you. Uh, I'll depend upon you. Um, I know that I have reason to thank you even now because you are my deliverance. You will bring me through the other side of this. Uh, you will deliver my soul you know, from even death. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? Well, amen. Let's stand and we'll... We have one hymn. It was... Interesting, Lydia. This was a hymn that I gave you uh, earlier in the week to play right now, and it was the one that you brother come up to me and uh, opened the hymn and showed me.